episode of Generous Drinking Coffee. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Chiado Hoop. Uh, this is going to be a no-bypass brewer. We're going to discuss a little bit more about what that means. But first, let's let's cover who Chiado as a company is and what their idea was for this design. So Chiado has been around for quite a while. They were founded in 1952 in Venice, and since then, they've really kind of perfected the art of making coffee grinders. So it was a little interesting seeing that Chiado made made this jump, all right, from grinders into coffee brewers and not just any kind of coffee brewer, but a no bypass system. So what is no bypass and how does it differ from other brewing methods, all right? So we've discussed before what bypass brewing is, how we completely bypass the filter and we pour water directly into coffee. This is the exact opposite of that concept. In this scenario, in no bypass brewing, all coffee is forced through the coffee bed with none of it bypassing that bed of coffee. All water has to go through it, then through a filter and into a cup. Now we've already got a few concepts that embody what a no bypass system is supposed to be all right let's let's picture an aeropress let's picture an espresso machine all right what's different in those systems though is that water is forced through the bed of coffee through the filter and into a cup right and no bypass brewers what's what's unique here is that we're not forcing the water through that bed of coffee we're simply allowing it to exist with the bed of coffee, all right, let it sit above there and slowly drip through the bed, through the filter, and into a cup. And now, if you're not familiar with the term bypass, all right, when you're, when you're let's say, brewing with a V60, okay, some of that water that you are pouring through that bed actually won't make contact with the coffee at all. Some of it will end up going, and we try to prevent this with how we pour, Right, but some of that water is going to end up going through that filter and kind of traveling between that filter and the the V60 wall and just going directly into the cup, right? So some water will bypass in, in those types of brewing devices, okay? So the big difference between, let, let's say, a V60 and something like the Chiata Hoop is that water has nowhere to go but through the coffee. Now we can introduce water to the coffee in a number of ways. We, we could have something like the Chiado where it's radial infusion. We can have something like other no bypass brewers where there's something similar to like a shower head distribution system above the bed of coffee that we pour water through so it can like evenly saturate that coffee. Um, few few ways we can go about that task, but but the biggest things we need to look at are what are the pros and cons of this system, okay? The biggest pros that you'll see uh, kind of touted by people that design no, by, no bypass brewers is that extraction percentages are generally higher in no bypass brewers than other than no bypass brewers, okay? Um, the cons here, though, are going to be this takes time because there's no external force pushing that water through 
or I'm sorry, no, no significant external force. Obviously, we're going to have, you know, gravity working to, to kind of assist that water through that bed of coffee, but there's no big external push that water to be kind of forced through the bed of coffee. You're going to run into long-ass drawdown times, all right? Um, and depending on which no bypass brewer you're looking at, this can range from anywhere from like 5 to 10 minutes, uh, for, for your water to, to draw down through the bed of coffee and into your cup. So now that we've got an idea of how no bypass works, let's start talking about the Chiata Hoop specifically as a no bypass brewer, all right? Now, the best way that I can describe what this device looks like, if you've not seen it already, is a shrimp cocktail platter, all right? Someone in the comments posted that, and I was like, wow, that is surprisingly accurate, and you could absolutely use it as that. Uh, if you if you weren't worried about like cross contamination between you know shellfish and coffee, you could. It's it's a possibility, but that's what it looks like. All right, you've got a what what they call a filter tower in the center. Now this is where your filter and your coffee are going to go, and then you've got a water crown. That filter tower screws into the water crown, and the idea here is pretty simple. All right, you drop in a filter paper. You can use one of their filters, which are thinner. Um, or you can use an AeroPress filter, you can use an AeroPress mesh filter, drop that into the filter tower, all right, or into the water crown, screw the filter tower on between the filter and the water crown, and pour the coffee into the filter tower, pour the water into the water crown, and it starts brewing, all right? That's all there is to it. So I'll give you just like an above angle snapshot of how this is supposed to look. Big circle where water goes, a tiny circle in the big circle, that's where the coffee goes. It, it water drips through these 12 small holes that are in the small circle or surrounding that small circle, and water is introduced to the coffee in that fashion. It slowly allows water to saturate that bed of coffee, travel through it, travel through the filter, and into your cup. So a very, very, very simple system that is pretty hands-off. Or at least it could be hands-off, but I decided I wanted to kind of push the limits of this device, see what I could get, you know, get the best cups out of it. So my recipe, while it's generally hands-off compared to other brewing methods, I, I still exert a little bit of effort into brewing with it, all right? So the first thing I looked at was dosing. So I found 15 to 16 grams of coffee at a finer grind, so we're, we're talking like between between like 19 and 21 clicks on the Commandante, that seemed to work out. Now, it has a 20 gram capacity. I don't think 20 grams uh, is, is uh, I, I wouldn't personally recommend it. Your drawdown times start getting into ridiculous numbers. So it's not, I don't, I don't find that to be worth it. All right, so 15 to 16 grams, that seems to be the appropriate coffee dose. Now for our water dose, I am generally looking at about 250 mils of water, all right? So we're talking 15 grams. That brings us up into that 116, 117 territory, all right, as far as our ratios go. So that seems to be the best practices that I've got as far as our dosing goes. Now to bloom or not to bloom? Well, bloom appears to extract a little bit more i've read a little a little bit of research on people trying to get the most extraction out of this and blooming and agitation seem to increase the total extraction percentage rather than not doing them at all to give you an idea of how we're getting 
extraction uh, yields from this compared to other devices. We'll look at a uh, V60. You know, this came. This study came from Holate Love, but they found that extraction yields were about 17% for a Hario V60. Now, just using the the Chiata hoop by itself, no extraction, no bloom, just using it as as recommended, they were able to get extraction yields of about 19%. Now those numbers are going to increase as we bloom, as we agitate, okay? But I'm gonna tell you guys specifically how I did it because I don't think that going for higher numbers as far as extraction percentage necessarily means it's better. So what I found is that by doing a three to one bloom using boiling water, so we're at 212 Fahrenheit, so we're dosing about, about 45 mils of water for our bloom, waiting 30 seconds, and then we pour our 250 mils of water into our outer ring, all right? Now, at this point, what I do is I lightly and gently break the crust on the top. I am not plunging my stirring stick or spoon too deep into that, that coffee because here's the issue there, all right? When you start really aggressively agitating or getting a lot of depth on that agitation, coffee is going to end up finding its way through the tiny 12 holes that are in that, that, um, that tower, and it's going to end up in your water crown. So you're going to have coffee that has found its way into the, the water crown, right? So, and, and then we also start running into re ridiculous amounts of clogging, all right? If you overly agitate your coffee while it is in that inner circle, it is going to clog the absolute fuck out of your filter. You are not going, you're gonna start running into drawdown times of like 15 minutes. I tried this with five or six different coffees varying in range and origin and it was consistently, if I agitated too much, drawdown times were up to 15 minutes. So lightly and gently break that crust on the top and that's all you need to do. All right, so now we've added our water, we've got our coffee in there, and now we're, we're literally just waiting for the drawdown to finish. Now here's where we start running into a lot of variation in time, right? So replicating the same methods that I just described, doing nothing differently, I was getting wildly fluctuating times for my drawdown. And these times were ranging between four minutes and 30 seconds and seven minutes. The best cups I had were somewhere in between that range, right? Between 5.30 and six minutes seemed to be the golden drawdown uh, period for the parameters that I just described. All right, but four minutes to seven minutes is quite a bit of range. Now, when we start thinking about coffee mingling with our water and extraction occurring at those longer drawdown times, all right, into seven minutes, do we run risk of getting like bitterness, uh, high acidity, possibly, right? Now, one thing I, I've been researching lately is how extraction works based on grind size and temperature. And one thing I have been seeing in, as far as these trends go is that coffee is generally, generally after a certain period, it hits that maximum extraction yield percentage. And then it just sort of plateaus at flat lines. And this is generally around 24% uh, extraction percentage that I've been seeing. All right.
Now I'm going to cover that topic and in, in other uh, podcasts and reels. I, mean, I am planning on doing something with that, but that's just something to keep in mind with our hoop is that at some point, this is how I view it. At some point, we're going to hit our maximum extraction percentage anyway. We can keep trying to increase that number more and more and more, but realistically, it's going to hit a max threshold probably around 24% and then just plateau. All right, but that is something to keep in mind, uh, and, and the hoop is certainly useful in getting these higher numbers. But let me clarify something real quick, right? When I say that we're maxing out or we're plateauing at around 24%, I'm speaking about this as if it's an immersion brewing method. And that is something that is generally accepted is at a certain point with immersion brewing, we, we, start, to, we start to hit that plateau, all right? Now I say 24% because that's kind of what we see with cuppings. Uh, around 24% is where they start to kind of max out after being left unattended. Um, but this is not to say that we can't extract higher percentages. Um, especially if we're doing percolation brewing methods, we can start seeing numbers that are in the high 20s, maybe even the low 30s. Now, are those cups going to be good? No, probably not. But I just wanted to clarify that one little bit that when we're talking about the Chiata hoop plateauing in terms of extraction, we're, we're t discussing it as if it's an immersion brewing method. And I say it's an immersion brewing method because once we start hitting like these five to 10 minute drawdown times at that point, yeah, it, it's kind of just an immersion brewing uh, system. So going back to these pros and cons, all right, the Chiata hoop makes it easier to get these higher extraction numbers. And that's good to a point, all right, ideally, and, and keep this in mind, if you don't hear anything else from this podcast, listen to this, this point right here, the ideal cut the ideal percentage yield we're looking for as far as extraction goes is between 18 to 22%. Now we're seeing that with the Chiato hoop, all right? We're already seeing that, that's good. But one thing we can also take away from this is that if we were to continue to do things like agitate it, go for even hotter water temperatures, uh, increase our bloom time period, right? these higher extraction yield percentages are not synonymous with a better cup of coffee. The higher percentage number you have does not mean your cup is any better. And especially when we keep in mind that ideally, this is general, but ideally we're looking for something between 18 to 22%. So is the, is the Chiata Hoop worth it? Well, consider this, you are going to be waiting a a very significant amount of time. Like I said, on average, anywhere from four minutes and 30 seconds to seven minutes. And that could, you know, that could fluctuate. Maybe you want a very, very high percentage cup. Maybe you're just really into these really dark, bitter, good, strong, dark stuff, brother. All right. Maybe you're into something like that. All right. You're, you're going to be looking at fucking longer drawdown times. Realistically, it's going to be somewhere near that 10 minute mark. So this isn't a quick device to use uh, to start your, your mornings off, okay? You're going to be running into th that one speed bump there, which is long drawdown times. Now, I believe I paid $35, $35 or $40 for, for my Chiata Hoop and that, that, ghost, uh, that ghost white uh, edition that they have. And it's a cool thing to have, but I don't know that it, 
I don't know that that price point reflects what it is because I, I did have very, very pleasant cups. It, it obviously, it won an SCA Best Product Award. Now, there, there are cool things about it. No Bypass is one of these concepts that isn't new, but a lot of different companies are, are playing with the idea. And you can get good cups out of these brewers. But realistically, they are not anywhere as convenient as using something like a V60 or Kalita Wave. Uh, and, and I don't think that the cups are anything, anything special either. Of course, they are, they are unique in that maybe you get a little more fruit forwardness, maybe the body is a little fuller, but they're, they're not so significantly different that I would switch from my morning routine of using a V60 to using something like a Chiado Hoop. So I don't think that this necessarily falls into the same category as like the ceramic coffee filters where it's more of a novelty item. I think that they are useful and I would certainly give this to maybe someone that doesn't know much about brewing coffee and they can get a good cup with pretty minimal effort out of using it. So I think that that's, that's certainly a use for it. I like that that they didn't go with the proprietary filter only concept that you see a lot of a lot of newer brewers using. Okay, so they have their their Chiata filter papers, which I have mentioned are significantly thinner. All right, but you can also use an AeroPress filter or a mesh filter. So that's that's kind of nice as well. So all in all, I think it's a good device that maybe has a place, but it's not it's not necessarily something that I would say would become your daily driver. So my shitting on this concept, no, and I hope I hope it doesn't come off as I am just saying this is a piece of shit cuz that's not the case at all. All right. It's a it's a concept. It's cool that Shadow had this idea of, you know, making their own approach to no bypass brewing, especially with their radial infusion concept. That's very neat. That's very unique, okay? Um, and there's things like this that I think really do help coffee move forward as far as like understanding what concepts do testing them using scientific measures and the scientific method uh, and we can kind of kind of develop different things and, and learn from their approaches to make even 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 cooler and, and maybe more more useful and significant uh, developments but this isn't this is again it's it's not something that I'm personally going to use every day and I'm not going to change anything I'm currently doing because of it, but it does make me think a little bit more about how extraction works and how I understand extraction. So I'm not going to be holding on to this. Um, I'm, I'm going to be giving it away. Now, if you've purchased anything from the website during February or with this upcoming uh, release, we're going to be getting some hats out there. Uh, uh, that's going to just put you in a raffle and I'll, and I'll give it away and you can play with it. And what I would hope that you do after that, after you play with it is if you don't want to keep it, you give it to someone else who's curious and maybe it just, you know, keeps, keeps getting passed around. People, people learn from it, gather whatever data they're going to be using. Now I am ordering more lab equipment. So we're going to get a refractometer in here. We're going to get some more, uh, temperatures, uh, or, or some thermometers to kind of gauge temperatures. I want more, um, objective data and, and to be used and, and how I evaluate some of these things that I speak to you guys about and I can present uh, actual graphs and figures and, and things that can 
you know, supplement what I am discussing in a way that has numerical values. And that's not to take away from sensory skills. I think that your personal preferences, how you taste and smell things, now that should be first and foremost and and how you want your coffee to be. But as far as, you know, me presenting uh, topics such as these, I think that there does need to be some quantitative data to support what I'm saying. So moving forward, we are going to have just, you know, more more equipment that is able to accurately gauge and summarize what I'm saying. So that's as deep into this concept or this topic as I'm going to get. I know that I know that this episode has maybe been a little more dense and I I try my best to present some of these these concepts and, and these topics that I discuss in a way that's easy for everyone at every level to understand, all right? That's something the science community is very bad at is they they write like these these peer review journals and articles, but they don't do it in a way that actually benefits the the majority of the population, only people in their their circle, their scientific community, all right? So what I want to do with all these topics that I discuss is present them in a way that everyone at every level can use and, and then apply to make their daily cups of coffee even better, all right? So while this, this topic was a little dense, uh, we're, we're going to try to do our best here and especially future episodes to kind of keep everything at a level of understanding that everyone can get something from. So with all that being said, I, I truly do appreciate your time. If you've listened to this episode this far, I, I, I'm very grateful for that. If you have some feedback, if you have something to add to, uh, please do reach out and I'll catch you on the next episode of Degenerate Drinking Coffee. <laughs>